The Sheffield Shield trophy is moving north. Queensland, after a dominant Sheffield Shield season, finishing top of the table, have dominated all four days at Allen Borderfield to take out their ninth trophy. A very warm welcome to the final edition of the Cricket Library Weekly for the 2020-21 cricket season. My name is Matt Ellis and joining me as always, Robbie McKinlay. Who would have believed it? We've come to the end of the season and Queensland lift the Sheffield Shield. Good evening, Matt. Good evening, listeners. Uh, We have. We've got there, and I think that is just a a great effort from everyone. And who would have thought that we would be playing all the way through to well into April? And, um, yeah, there's some interesting stats around that too. Just some comparisons from worldwide cricket that I might get to a little bit later. We'll just save that one. Yeah, keep keep that one up your sleeve. Don't hit us with that straight away, Robbie. We might just... I think it's one of the greats. I think it's one of the great stats. So... Remarkable, it's never happened before. So let's, um, but we'll say that and um, we've got a big show. Yeah, massive show. Sheffield Shield final will be all the talk early on. Uh, we've got our haiku poem winner. So the haiku poem challenge that was going on uh, during the Sheffield Shield final. Dylan, one of our loyal listeners in Western Australia, was judging some of those poems. Um, <laughs> He, he went to extreme lengths to show his support of the Haiku Poem Challenge. So, Dylan, uh, thank you for that. And I can reveal exclusively, Matt Fiction will be reading the winning poem tonight on the program. Oh, how good is that? So, stick around for that. Also, out of our Orange Library, uh, we asked our statistician, uh, Matt in Orange, if he could crunch the numbers for us on the record-breaking women's ODI team, and he's done it. He's done, that, he's, he's done it early. He, and what I like is he's handwritten them for us, and he's just sent us a photo of his handwritten notes there. So we'll reveal uh, that information as well. And a very last-minute mailbag has, has come in via telephone, so I don't know if that actually qualifies as a mailbag, but... I've had a call from New Zealand uh, earlier this evening. So uh, one of our loyal listeners, uh, Elliot in New Zealand, gave me a call just just with a a little pointer uh, as opposed to a question. But we'll get to that a bit later on. But, Robbie, let's kick things off. The Sheffield Shield final. A lot of talk about Marnus Labashain with the bat, and rightly so. But Queensland's bowling on day one after New South Wales won the toss and batted first. Michael Neeser, MG Neeser, 13.2 overs, 5 for 27 for mine, set the game up for Queensland on day one. Oh, he did, Matt. And you, you, you're right. Really, like I, I thought it was a good toss to win. Um, it was interesting, wasn't it? I, I saw an interview with Curtis Patterson. I think it might have been at lunchtime on day one. And there was a lot of appeared to be a lot of suspicion about the wicket, mm. and I, I'm not. I think that played it. It just didn't. You know, I don't think New South Wales ever got comfortable. But I, I agree with you, Matty. I think you got to give full credit to the bowling of the Queenslanders there, and and Jack Wildermuth, he chipped in too, oh. four for twenty-one or sixteen overs. Um, yeah, the, the, 
And that one too, Xavier Bartlett, he just doesn't relent with pressure. And yeah, for full credit to him. So I just thought, I thought that game was just about done and dusted, you know, after, you know, well, when we were bowled out for 143 in 62 overs, uh, Queensland at home were just drove it for the rest of the game. Yeah. yeah, you make a good point there about XC Bartlett. We've been we've been monitoring very, him very closely throughout the summer here on the Cricket Library Weekly, and XC Bartlett is a name you hear a lot from us, and mm. that's because he does a job and he does it really well. His execution of plans is yep. up there with the best of them. And speaking to one of the Queensland bowling coaches. He has been on the radar for a little while and been been showing his skills and it's great that we're getting to see them at the first class level. Let's have a look at the Queensland run chase, Robbie, and I, I, I'm going to start off. I, I might just let you. Um, right. I might let you tell me about the partnership that really won Queensland the game and maybe maybe the proper opener. The opener, Ooh, yeah. the, 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 mm. the, the old school opener that's willing to juke it out with the fast bowler, that's willing to take a couple on the body and willing to engage in a bit of chat. Bryce okay, Street. Okay. How, okay. how good was I, Bryce Street? I, I get it. <laughs> I've been looking forward to this. I knew as I was watching these scores and he, it was almost as if he said, righto. I'm putting together a Bright Street Classic here. And what I mean by that, I'm talking, he went out in the 69th over. Now, a lot of people might have 130, 140 on the board. He only had 46, but they were so valuable. 46 of 203 balls. Okay, only strike rate was around 22. But Matthew Ellis, there was a suggestion from a few of us that maybe he is the perfect man for a Shield final. And he stood up when it counted. Absolutely fantastic. What about that great support he gave Marnus? And, um, yeah, excellent partnership. Like, what they put on 127, I think it was? 129, something like that. And it was, look, I'm not going to say it was great batting. It was fantastic cut cricket batting. You know, it was. Well played. Again, a very good bowling attack. Gee whiz. I watched Nathan Lyons first over. They bowled at him. I thought, oh. Looked like a wicket was going to fall any ball. Well, he he got the hard yards done and he survived against Mitchell Stark, Josh Hazelwood, Copeland, Trent Copeland, Nathan Lyons, Sean Abbott. That's a very good bowling lineup. But um, I think all the attributes probably need to go to Marnus Labashane too. Matty, yeah. tell us about that. What an inning. Oh, and I know Marnus has a lot of fans. I, I was saying this, I, I say this to a lot of people when I go around to the schoolyards and, and run sporting schools programs and clinics in in the schools i asked the kids who their favorite cricketer is yep. and the name manus is getting mentioned ad nauseum the kids <laughs> love him they love his they love his mannerisms they love the way he leaves the ball they love the way he hits <laughs> the ball but he pulled out all the shots didn't he the reverse sweeps uh ah. in front of the wicket behind the wicket he just looked like the complete cricketer in in that innings, and just that one lapse in concentration on 192 after facing 353 balls. Uh, just incredible patience, incredible execution, and he talks about 
uh, one of the things he's been working on is is the ability to switch off in between balls, yep. and that's yep. that's the key, isn't it? Because no one can concentrate uh, for 353 balls without having a good routine and being able to switch on and switch off at the appropriate times. And he, he just put on a masterclass, didn't he? Manus Labashain, absolutely incredible batting at the Allen Border Field. And Nathan Lyon, three wickets. Sean Abbott, what a competitor he's been this summer as well. Four wickets for Sean Abbott. But Queensland, well and truly in front uh, after that first innings. And New South Wales, I thought they were, they were much better in the second innings, New South Wales, but not able to get enough runs to yeah. invite Queensland back to the crease. Yeah, they missed a couple of chances, didn't they? Even in the first innings, they were... Despite being bowled out to 143, they were two for 76. So from there, if you could, if you know, that's probably the position maybe to make 250, 280 would have really put him in the game. And then even in the second innings, um, all out 213, um, chasing that deficit of 240 odd. But they were no wicket for 64. But I think again, you've got to give credit to the Queensland bowlers. And what what was what we're seeing here, Maddie? I'm not. I'm not sure what the message is here. What it's looking. We we have seen this year. Uh, if you look back at Test cricket, Australia did struggle to bowl teams out on day four and five. Mm. Now, quite a few of those bowlers were are playing in that Shield final as well. It was a, a little bit of a uh, just struggling to get wickets. Now, is it is it the time? But despite how great these bowlers have been. Do we need a little bit more variety in Australia's bowling attack? And what I mean by that, not so much as much variety, but new blood. Let's, let's get let's get let's get teams looking at different bowlers. That seems to be thing. You only have to look at Marnus. Marnus has made 192, but he knows those bowlers so well. You know, whereas I would say that New South Wales, when they were batting, you know, they probably haven't seen as much as Xavier Bartlett. You know, this type, um, Jack, you know, um, Wildermuth. So. Yeah. You know what I mean, Matty? I think I think sometimes now that the variety is a spice of life, and maybe it's just something that to be considered. I'm certainly not um, suggesting that um, our bowling attack has let us down in Australian colours or New South Wales colours because we know how good they are. But I think sometimes the element of surprise um, needs to be factored in when you know constructing uh, bowling attacks. Yeah, and it's one of those things that uh, through the Australia A programs and such, we've seen players coming in and getting opportunities to be in squads. And I wonder, Robbie, with mm. the potential bubble fatigue that could be happening for the players, and, and we're seeing it with the IPL at the moment where players, it's a tough, it's a tough gig being, yep. being yep. in a bubble and uh, just not being able to live your life the way that a normal citizen would in in those yep. situations. And so possibly, I know you have the horses for courses and rotation policies that we've had over at different times. And uh, there's some criticism around that and saying, you know, we need to always be picking our very best players uh, for each each game, each opportunity everyone wants to play. But yep. is, 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 it a, is it a chance to say, well, maybe... These guys have have had a, a massive summer. Yeah. Is it is it time to say to MG Neza, here have a chance, have a chance playing yeah. um, some of these games? I I'm not yeah I'm not sure Robbie, but certainly certainly is a a valid discussion point and something that um 
you, you want to get the best out of your squad and you want to have your your squad ready to to be able to take that next step up when the time comes. So, uh, yeah, and hey, Maddie, you know, look, just uh, it's just a real little thing, this, but I just really reckon like, one thing I was really impressed with was I thought, yeah, New South Wales was pale, sort of really fought hard in that second. Yeah, Mitchell Marsh, he made 27 not out off 125 balls. So he, oh, Mitchell Stark, faced, Mitchell Stark. Yep, Mitch Stark. He's faced nearly 120, he's faced 125 balls in that second innings. And that just shows, and he was unbeaten on 27. I just thought that showed great fight. You know, he did, they didn't give it in. You know what? We just got beaten by a better side and full congratulations to Queensland. Can I just can I just point something out here? Mitchell Stark's batting strike rate, second innings, twenty one point six. He he was just pantsed by Bryce Street, twenty two point six six. Just street streets ahead. Streets ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, well I done, well done, yeah. Queensland. Let's let's just put it out there. We're proud New South Welshmen, but we have to appreciate yep. the quality of Queensland this summer in the in the Marsh Sheffield Shield competition and and thoroughly congratulate them, the coaching staff, all the players in the squad that didn't play in the final that contributed to their success on and off the field. Uh, well done, Queensland. Yes. Um, and uh, what a great way for Shawnee Abbott to finish off a fantastic season too. Four for 71, again our leading wicket taker. And Nate Lyon, three wickets. Nate Lyon played every single possible red ball game of cricket for either New South Wales or Australia this season. Well done, the goat. He think, did very well. I think that's the first time since the seventies that that's happened. That's yes, it is. Yep, incredible. 75, 76. Now speaking of stats, Robbie, you had one for us at the start, and we've held it off. Oh. Everyone, yeah, everyone's yes. waiting for it. I think now's the time before we go to the haiku poem uh, winning announcement. Yep. Well, if you look back, um, we're talking about the Sheffield Shield final. While the Sheffield Shield final um, was going on in uh, up in Queensland, the county cricket season was going on, was started and been playing. They've been playing for a little bit, of, quite a while now. The county championship. That was the first time in the history of first class cricket in Australia and England that the county a county championship match or matches were being played over in the Northern Hemisphere. And there was a first-class game of cricket being played in the Southern Hemisphere in Australia. It has never happened before. How about that? That is incredible. It's just a, it, yeah, it's never had that opportunity to happen before, Matt. So um, I just found it quite remarkable. For how it, you would have thought, okay, but then when you look at it, our season went, you know, probably three weeks, three weeks later than normal. And I suppose England over there, they, they're keen to start as early as they can. So. There you go, mate. I just was quite impressed by that. And that one, that one yeah. came through from our Orange Library as well. So thank you to our yeah. statistician there. Now this this might seem that the haiku poem challenge is possibly rigged, but mm-hmm. uh, let's let's just put it out there that our judge Dylan is in Western Australia, has no official affiliation with the cricket library. He has adjudged yeah. a poem. From Matt in Orange as the winning poem on the Haiku Poem Challenge. And I think, without any further ado, I might pass over to our overseas librarian, Mr. Matt Fiction, to read it out with all the gusto that you've 
heard from him throughout the summer. So let's have a listen to that right now, and then we'll be back to have a look at some more stats on the Cricket Library Weekly. Was it a no ball? Daniel Hughes waiting, hoping. Umpire gives it out. Umpire gives it out, Robbie McKinley. Didn't we see a couple of those in the Sheffield Shield final where they went upstairs to check the front foot, waiting, hoping, umpire gives it out. Yeah. Yeah. I I saw the second one of those and – very much fine ball. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think oh. I think the umpire's got it right. It was interesting though hearing UT Kawaja uh, making some inquiries of the umpire to ask him if he had been watching every ball and whether yep. yeah yeah and, and whether whether or not he had already been bowling no balls and not being called because that'd be the worst case scenario if the umpire's not calling them. Uh, and then they check it on a wicket and they find out it's a no ball and the bowler had no idea how close to the front line he was. But the umpire there saying, no, of, of course I'm, I'm watching and um, yeah, yeah. doing his job and doing a very good job. I thought the umpiring was outstanding in Excellent. in the Sheffield Shield decider. And I think that's what I love about technology, Robbie, is it, it does show how often our officials get it right. Oh. Uh, I agree 100%, Matty, because and that their, their naked eye observation is so accurate. And that, they've got a great feel for it. I would, I would still be comfortable, Matt, with um, not have, taking the review out of the hands of the captain yeah. and the trust. And just that the umpires, the umpires got a bad feeling about it, let them do it. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think they do a great job. Yeah, absolutely, Robbie. And uh, now last week we celebrated the 24 consecutive wins of the Australian women's cricket team. Now, their last yeah. loss in Coffs Harbour. Now, we've got some we've got some listeners up there. Uh, Martin Garoni, very big fan of the Cricket Library Weekly. I dare say he was at that game in Coffs Harbour. Uh, 29th of October 2017. He'd have been front and centre there for um, <laughs> so, the, the last loss. Yeah, but since then, 24 in a row. And we thought it'd be good just to, to list the players. I dare say there's some sort of memorabilia uh, provider out there that's getting getting something put together for when the streak finishes. Whether it lasts as long as Bill Goldberg in World Championship Wrestling is yeah. yet to be determined. But oh, let's read them out, Robbie. Should we go from... Let's well, go from what I want you to do. What I want you to do, Matt, I want you to read out if and how many played in all twenty-four matches for you for a start, please. So, in all twenty-four, AJ Healy, yeah. BL Mooney, RL Haynes, AK Gardner. So all four did not miss. Now, what about Megan Shoot? She would have gone in close. Megan Shoot. 23. 23, okay, so she missed one. Now, hang on, there's a name missing there. It's pretty obvious to me. Um, Meg Lanning. Meg Lanning and was was captain for 22 games. 
And she played 22. 22 games, yeah. So she missed two. And Rachel Haynes deputised for her I, in those, yep. Could I ask you then to call out the names of the... I've got a list here now. I've found my list been sent through. The four who made 22 in your best, Richie Benno. Thanks, Robbie. I was wondering if you'd ask me to join in for this particular part. Interestingly, too, Meg Lanning, Captain 22 times, Rachel Haynes, two, but also playing 22 games, Elise Perry, Jess Jonathan, and the leg-spinning sensation, Georgia Wareham, 22 games in that 24-game streak. Marvellous cricketers, this group. And I'll pass you back to Robbie to continue the reading of the numbers. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. So I'm looking at that. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine players played between either all of them or 22. So that, that is no wonder they've been hard to beat when you've got very little change to your side like that and consistency. So. Okay, so it's nine from 22 to 24, nine. Then Nicola Carey was on 19. Then Maddie, so that's 10 plus. There's a fair chunk played most of them. Then we've yeah, got a ten, little t- bit of ten, a- 10 out of the 11, effectively 19 plus games out exactly. of the 24, which is unbelievable. Yep. So the, 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 other, the other spots rotated between the next players yeah. on the list. And, um, Couple of good ones on this list, Robbie. Let's let's keep going. Do you do you want to keep us going? All right, all right. So nine each was Nicole Bolton and Taylor Valemic. Yeah, of course. Taylor, she was Taylor had that injury problem, and then uh, six was Sophie Molnu. I thought that might have been more for Sophie. I, and I then, had yeah. her pegged as being in yep. in double figures, but yeah, yeah. No, I trust the stats but, guy. Oh, I'm, I'm not not doubting his work, and then. Delisa Kimmett on five, and then from there, Maddie. Oh, just quickly, Robbie, before we move on from Delisa Kimmett, she has announced her retirement from the Australian women's cricket team, and I just think it's worth us saluting her magnificent yes. career for Australia over over many years across the formats. Uh, Queensland legend, uh, and, yeah, just sad to see her... Uh, moving on, but it does then create opportunity for others to fill that void. So well done, Delissa Kimmins, on a on a magnificent yep. career for Australia and Queensland, and of course the Brisbane Heat. Yeah, well, let's hope she stays on and plays, um, uh, particularly WBBL, which mm. I'm sure she will. So, all right, now you can move on. Well, that's, and now there's a oh, there's sort of bit, another leg bit spinner, erotic then, isn't it? <laughs> Amanda Jade Wellington. Yeah, three, three for her, three for Villani, three for Annabelle Sutherland. Then you've got Lauren Cheadle played two, and then Erin Burns, Heather Graham, Talia McGrath, and the debutante, yes, Darcy Brown. And we might get Richie back. What, what's the total number of players used, Richie? Uh, that's right, Matt. 22 players used. And it's hard to believe there's so much talent in Australian women's cricket. But my word, these 22 competitors have certainly shown us that they are going to be very tough to beat in the ensuing matches. They've beaten New Zealand nine times, England three, West Indies three, Sri Lanka three, India three, and Pakistan three. And I dare say this run may continue a lot longer 
and I'm hoping there may even be 22 more players who get the opportunity to join in a bit later on. Uh, well played, Richie. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was fantastic. But that that is a great snapshot of um, of that record. Now, I guess our stats man in the Orange Office Library, he will have to maintain that piece of work, won't he? Because that's going to change. Yeah. It's a it's a as they like to say in the um, in the Ivory Towers, uh, Matty, it's a floating document. The cricket library, Ivory Tower, where we just. Yeah. Uh, Bark orders, Robbie. <laughs> and, and I tell you what, I, and I t- a lot of trust was shown in Matt Hickson to deliver the right haiku poll and poem. I thought he might have just spun out one of his own. Take when opportunity knocks. We've seen Hickson in the past sometimes just be a bit scurrilous. Yeah, well, there was some great. This oh, get 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 on the cricketlibrary.com for those who do enjoy a haiku poem. Plenty of plenty, fiction. Fiction's been pumping them out during the IPL as well, so I'm surprised he didn't just spring one of those on us. But uh, well done to everyone who participated in that haiku poem challenge. Thank you to our statistician yep. in Orange. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, Robbie, and then we're going to wrap things up for what's been a memorable season on the Cricket Library Weekly. Hi, this is Alex Hartley from the England women's cricket team. Hi, this is Tino Best. Hey, this is Piper Cleary. G'day, it's Alex Ross here. Hey guys, Rachel Priest here. Hi, this is Renee Farrell, and you are listening to the Cricket Library Weekly with Robbie McKinlay and Matty Ellis. Make sure you subscribe today on your favourite podcast provider. We are back on the Cricket Library Weekly, and Robbie, what a wonderful season we've had. We talked about the highlights mainly the fact that we got through a season, but my personal highlights as an unbiased Sydney Thunder fan was the WBBL and the Sydney Thunder pulling off a a magnificent victory in the decider and lifting the trophy. Yes, I must admit, Matty, that was certainly one of mine, but I'm actually going to take that a bit further. I thought the whole WBBL, was a, was a highlight for mine. Um, I, I was very fortunate to be involved in a lot of the commentary for it. But the, the thing that struck me, it is such a good game of cricket to watch. The, you know, the standard continues to improve. You're getting an opportunity to see the emerging talent come through. Yeah. Um, I only I, I, We reflect back on that list of 22 players who represented Australia in, that, in, that, in this winning streak so far of 24. Um you could, Matt, you could name, you could go into that WBBL and name another 12 to 15 players who would just, you know, would would easily, you know, do well in that sort of insane environment. So it just shows you where we're at with that. So I think it's fantastic. It's just going from strength to strength. Um, in the, in Red Bull, probably the highlight for mine, Matty, I just thought it was what India did in that fourth test, mm. that brave, that they, they didn't have to win that test. But they wanted to win that test, and they they did it in a real brave um, fashion. Um, pants innings was absolutely fantastic. But then, from Australia's point of view, who would have thought we would have been commenting about such a wonderful run chase at the fourth test when we saw what happened to India when they were bowled out for thirty six in Adelaide? So yeah, it's a, I think, and that that for mine sums up cricket. Cricket um, expect the unexpected. You never assume anything. 
And um, yeah, it's a it's it's a funny old game. It's such a great leveler, isn't it? I I was hoping. I don't know. Did I mention this to you on the program last week? How? Oh, maybe I I've mentioned it to a few people. Uh, the correlation I was hoping would would link up for New South Wales and uh, India, yeah. where oh, yes. Yes. Virat Kohli uh, left his team after they were skittled for 36 in Adelaide to go home for the birth of a child. Uh, New South Wales got skittled for 32 in Tasmania and then Peter Neville uh, had to leave the squad to be with his wife. And I, I was just hoping that there'd be a, a New South Wales Shield win to go with it to kind of correlate with India's series win against Australia. didn't happen that way. Uh, yep. I think, yeah, definitely uh, great to see uh, Will Pekofsky make his test debut this summer as well. Great to see a, a young player who yep. scored prolifically in um, – in the Sheffield Shield, get his chance. Cameron Green is another kind of revelation of the summer as well. What a what a year he's had. Um, pretty much unstoppable for Western Australia in the Sheffield Shield this summer. A, a quality cricketer and someone we expect to see a fair bit more of in the coming years. Obviously, all the Premiership winners, Robbie. Uh, I'll start with New South Wales in the Marsh One Day Cup. That was a that was a bit of a highlight for me, but also. Uh, well done, Queensland, winning the WNCL and the Sheffield Shield in the same year. Sydney yeah. Sixers winning the Big Bash. Um, have I forgotten anyone? You can start again. Go on. Sydney Thunder winning the oh, WNCL. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> did we mention that at the start? Oh, I think I did. Have. I think I did actually mention that. But um, a, a year of highlights, a year of cricket. And, and Robbie, we're going to be taking a break. I'm going to be doing some uh, longer form chats uh in probably starting up in june i'm going to actually start recording yep. them now but we'll um we'll not be releasing those until till probably early june uh and we're still going to catch up periodically aren't we we will we certainly will we we, we will remain on call for our loyal listeners if, if we have a need to get on and throw a little uh cricket library weekly episode in we'll do it because if we can keep getting the quality of stats like we're getting out of the libraries, uh, particularly the one out of Orange, and uh, I think we'd, well, we'd be, we wouldn't be doing our duty to our loyal listeners if we didn't put it out there, mate. That's right. So uh, keep, keep tuned in. Uh, keep your eyes on the socials for when the next episode of The Cast is coming out. And I'm calling it The Cast oh, on, on recommendation like from... Elliot in New Zealand, he said, "You should be referring to the podcast in inside the actual podcast as the cast." And I well, like, I like it. I like it, Elliot. Um, you could also, I like calling them the potty. The potty. Yeah, the yeah. potty. When's your next? Well, when's your next potty out? I think I prefer so, the pod. I like the pod. I like the pod. When's the, your next pod. potty out? Pod. Yeah, yeah, the potty. But hey, but you know what? That's the beauty of our loyal listeners and all our listeners. They've all got a good opinion, and we all and we always appreciate it and value it. 
And I know, I know that our um, Orange Library certainly appreciates the opinion of Dylan and his he, his selection of haiku poems as well. Oh, so I bet he does. He thinks Dylan's a very good judge. So you've done well there, Dylan. You won a fan in Orange, and we hope that uh, you've appreciated what we've been able to bring to the table. We've certainly appreciated each and every one of all, all of our listeners and our guests, Robbie. How good yeah. have the guests been? Saskia Hawley, Johan Botha, Gabby Sutcliffe, Phoebe Litchfield. Bit of name dropping going on here. Um, Keep it going. Uh, Rachel Treneman. Rachel Treneman. Uh, and interestingly, our most popular guest was a Western Australian. So I'm not sure oh, if that's that w- I'm not sure if that's Dylan listening fifty times uh, to boost the stats, but um, Piper Cleary. Yep. Uh, statistically, our most popular guest on the Cricket Library Weekly. Uh, Ange- and Laura Jolly. Oh, Laura Jolly, Angela Reeks. Yep. Yeah, oh, Reeks, was great. Rachel Priest, wasn't she popular? Uh, loved it, uh, Priest. She was fantastic. Loving life down in Tasmania. Got the best of both worlds. Um, has family living up in Queensland and has beautiful Tasmania. Plus, New Zealand. I reckon priest has got it made. Yeah, and not to forget Trent Woodhill and Woody, yep. J.K. Layla. If, if I've yes. missed anyone, oh, gee, I hope I haven't missed anyone. That's the, if, that's, you've missed uh, if you've missed anyone, <laughs> it's, it's on you. <laughs> and if, I, if I've missed anyone, I don't think there'll be any episodes coming anytime <laughs> soon. So, Well, it wouldn't be your first miss of the year. The, 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 the most famous miss of the year was the non-inclusion of R.L. Haynes into that uh, T20 team of the... Oh. Wasn't it? Oh, sorry, I Matt. Thought, I, I, thought we'd, right I thought we'd moved on from that. I thought we we're talking season highlights, not season disappointments. <laughs> oh, dear. One of the players yeah. who's played all 24 of the winning streak can't oh. make a way into my, into my team. But we've moved yeah. on from there. Um, we have. Thank you so much to you, Robbie McKinlay. This has been lots of fun. Uh, we we, we love having you part of the library. Uh, we love what you're doing with the Glory Days podcast as well. So I'm going to give that a little plug here as well. Uh, Robbie does do the Glory Days podcast and there are some absolute pieces of gold in there. So that's probably worth having a listen to in this little period between May and June when we're on a bit of a hiatus here at the library. Uh, thank you, Robbie. Yes, actually, Matt, there is a cricket one. The last one I've released is a cricket one. So... It just shows what can be done if you've got a team or an event yes. or a, a year or a moment that you would love brought back to life. Um, I can certainly uh, get that organised. Yeah, bring, bringing those magic moments uh, and, and having a piece of living history that you can have forever and, and listen back to. So uh, check that out, the Glory Days podcast. Well, Robbie, time to say goodbye. Uh, looking forward to catching up. Uh, without recording our conversations and yes. <laughs> and then getting back to recording some uh, down the track as well. It's been a pleasure working with you this summer and we'll see you again sometime soon. Thanks, Matt, and thanks for all your um, direction, your leadership, the captain of the commentary team, <laughs> which is very appropriate after your magnificent Richie Benno impersonation. But good on you, Matty. Your, your passion and love of the game, it, it shines through and it, it's great to be involved in it. And a big thank you, too, to Matt Fiction, our overseas librarian, uh, for his regular haiku poem contributions throughout the summer as well. 
we love you, yep. Matt Fiction. We actually do love you, Matt. And um, we look forward to reading your stuff on the cricketlibrary.com. Anyway, it's time to say goodbye once and for all for now. Uh, this has been Matt Ellis and Robbie McKinlay for the Cricket Library Weekly. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>